Hello and welcome to another episode of Design and Style. I am one of your hosts, Dixie with Dixie Willard Design. And with me, as always, is the beautiful effervescent Rachel with Rachel Moriarty Interiors. Thank you, Dixie. <laughs> and today we have Cheryl Janice. And before she says a word, let me just tell you, you're in for a treat just listening to her voice. <laughs> but Cheryl well, thank you. is. Cheryl teaches physicians, dentists, health healthcare practitioners how to design um, deeply nurturing healing environments to keep patients delighted and referral business flourishing. And Cheryl has two books out. She is the author of The Color Cure and The Waiting Room Cure, and we're going to hear all about it. So with that... Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me here. Thank you, Dixie. Thank you, Rachel. I'm a huge fan. I'm a super fan of your show. So it's really fun to be here. Oh, you are we a love you. heart. My, yeah. my goddess friend. Yes, absolutely. We have, we have, so Cheryl and I, how long have we been friends online? Um, at least a few years. Yeah. yeah. So it's just so crazy. Uh, what's happened in the last couple of years. We both have podcasts now mm -hmm. and um, you and just putting out yeah. so much magic. And, Thank uh, you. You know, likewise, doing great stuff in the world. <laughs> Yay, designers. <laughs> I love it. And, and you guys at home too, listening. That's right. And I've got to say, your work is just absolutely beautiful. I wish, I wish you were designing the doctor's offices here because <laughs> it would make my life so much easier Sometimes every time I, I have do. to go. Yes. Yeah. I just, I just helped a couple of just outside of Detroit, uh, Michigan, and oh, nice. they are, they've been in practice. They have a cosmetic dentistry practice. They were just adorable and fun to work with. It was all virtual. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Ooh. you know how it is. We service yep. the world. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I have to tell you, it's, I always think of you when I go to my dentist, um, to you because can you believe my dentists? I, I don't, and I have never said anything. And I think I actually skipped like this whole year cause I think about it and I get anxious because yep. they repainted their space red. Oh no, you're kidding. The waiting dentist room office. The, the mm -hmm. thing. Oh, like a, oh, that's terrible. Like a cherry red or like a <laughs> no, burgundy like red? No, like a deeper red, but it's yeah. like the wall. It's stimulating. Yeah, it's and a lot. Don't it, do it. I actually don't have a fear of the dentist. I like the dentist, mm -hmm. but after they did that and then the, um, interesting. They, they have, they play like, they just let whatever roll on their TV and sometimes it's the news and sometimes it's like whatever lame daytime talk show. It's really weird. Like it's really old school or something i don't know i don't know mm -hmm, what it is but mm -hmm. it's not so they have yellow very, in there too red and yellow it's a weird tan yeah right with a yellow undertone mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's like you know fast food colors you know it stimulates the nervous system and the brain it makes us hungry it's the worst possible colors you could choose for dental office so it's horrible and they probably had lots of good intentions behind it that's yeah. the thing is that yeah, yeah. it's sad yeah. i know i should i should just Give yeah, book for Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> or just send them to my website because I have a free email course, and they oh, can yeah. learn about that. Yeah, absolutely. Or even just voicing that you that you feel that way, and that you don't actually look forward to coming to their practice, even though it's kind of scary or might not be the most comfortable thing to do. It right. would be helpful information for them. You're right. I know. So, I should say something. But but I totally understand if you don't want to. It's like a very <laughs> uncomfortable position to be in. So, yeah. So, 
let's talk about, Cheryl, you have a very unique um, path to design, to, to actually the niche of what you do. So I really want to talk about it because um, we love to talk about visibility and your story and your differentiator. Mm -hmm. And um, your story is so I mean, it's unbelievable, really, if you think about it, <laughs> and it is definitely your path and journey in life, um, but let's talk about how you got to your niche a little bit. Sure. So I specialize in designing the medical space, and particularly now I just teach physicians how to kind of do it on their own. Um, so I've been in a lot of car accidents in my life, uh, starting as a kid. I've been in lots of accidents. I was just one of those kids who just, you know, fell down and landed, you know, in the emergency room and um, broke my tooth, fell down the stairs, broke my tooth right after the second front tooth, after right after just, you know, uh, I'd thrown back in or whatever, my second tooth. And, you know, just really in, in moped accidents and bicycle accidents, put my foot in the spokes and... When when I was in Mexico, I got bit by a dog, you know, on the face when I was a kid. And so when I was 17, I got into the, to the big uh, car accident uh, pretty much of my life. And uh, I was in the car with my boyfriend on the way home. It was on my birthday. And I leaned over to kiss him. And he just, it was like quite a kiss because he just like, I guess, lost control. And we uh, went into the... Um, parked cars. We, we, he drove us right into parked cars. I don't really remember. And anyway, my whole right side of my face and body went through the windshield and I almost died. And I spent, you know, the next several years just trying to get my life back together. I was going into um, a se senior in high school. So it was like, you know, it was really dramatic. And that so over the years, I just know what it's like to be a patient. And so inside waiting rooms, and inside exam rooms and it's, uh, you know, there's a lot to be said about it. As you know, it's, it's, it needs a lot of help and it's, it, it always, you know, induced a lot of anxiety and fear. And so in, um, what was interesting about that is because when I've been uh, practicing interior design for about 15 years in, in the summer of 2018, I'll, I'll celebrate my 15 year anniversary. <laughs> and so I just, um, was a general interior designer and a feng shui consultant uh, back in the early days. And I used to go into people's homes and I used to be known as a self-care interior designer because I understood because I'm empathic and I'm a highly sensitive person with a highly sensitive nervous system. And you can look this up online if you think you're a highly sensitive person or what they call an HSP. Elaine Aaron is a doctor and she wrote a book about it called The Highly Sensitive Person, etc. And so... I used to just know, I used to go in people's homes and I'd help them, you know, reduce their stress and create quiet spaces and all that stuff. And then I was a generalist interior designer. So as a lot of you are, who are listening, probably take every single client that you, that comes your way, even if it's not the right fit, because you're worried about money, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I was like that too. And so in that came, you know, the medical space. And what I started to notice over time were, were that my clients were coming back to me and saying that referrals were up like sometimes up to 80% within the first three to six months when they installed the new design based on principles that, you know, based on my designs. And I just kept seeing this over and over again. And then I'd hear, you know, that patients were actually feeling better and uh, receiving the treatments better. Just everything was a win-win. It was like, 
you know, patients were feeling better. They were more receptive to treatments, treatment recommendations. They were, you know, referral business was increasing. And this is across the board, regardless of whether it was a dental office or a medical space or a beauty business, an esthetician's office, massage therapy, chiropractor, really didn't matter. It just was absolutely across the board that, and I, I started to notice. And so about five, six years ago, I started to specialize because I really wasn't getting the amount of satisfaction in helping people one-on-one in their homes. As much as I loved my clients, I decided to specialize. And then, you know, of course I decided to teach. Then I just, you know, over the years had all this knowledge. And so I wrote the books and now the books have become a platform for sometimes I offer workshops, you know, group, group workshops to, physicians and healthcare entrepreneurs who are, you know, all over the world. And, uh, but I'm mostly focusing on my books right now. And I did it without being visible in the video platform. Um, I did it all through writing and an email list and a free email course and building my own platform, you know, one day at a time. I remember when you and I kind of pulled away from the various groups that we were in and we kind of pulled away and it was funny that that needed we kind of needed to sever I feel like we needed to sever some ties yeah we did launch forward a little bit and you had done something that we had both done something that we felt kind of crazy at the time and for me it was my daily live streams and for you it was a daily email And I remember when you did that and I remember you trying to, and Dixie will probably laugh because she knows how challenged I am. (laughs) When when Cheryl was trying to explain a drip system and, you know, yeah, send this out and then this person will send it. And then, you know, and I was like, I I need to just stick with hitting go live. And, you know, so it's really funny how visibility can take, you can just hear Cheryl's more like calm and I'll work this out. And, you know, Dixie's very <laughs> like that too. She, Dixie will just work things out, you know, and massage it and massage it and massage it till she figures it out where I'm just like, you know, so I remember that you started your daily email and I remember that was such an amazing, I was on, I'm on your email list and I loved how, um, and I don't, I actually don't read a lot of the emails that land in my um, inbox. So I have a feeling that you have a pretty good open rate on yours. I do. I love, you're very succinct about what you write about, but you also, I felt I got to, like, I really got to know you through your stories. And then you take these stories and somehow tie it back in, you I know, do. there's like a little lesson and it's not, your emails are not that big. No. You know, and it's like, oh, I went to the doctor today or went to whatever. And it's just like, you know, sometimes it can almost feel a little day in the lifey, but also always very teachable as well. So um, I totally want to acknowledge you for that because that's a thing. Um, I think it's a gift to be able to do that and to be visible in that way. And I think I would love you to talk about that because we, you know, yesterday we did nine podcast interviews with people in our tribe and some people were like, 
uh, you know, video is just, it just scares them. And we keep saying there's so many strategies to be visible. You can share yourself and your story in so many different ways. And writing is your, one of your gifts and podcasting as well. But um, I would love for you to share a little bit about the uh, email. Sure. sure. So, you know, I think as, as a young interior, young person, young in our feet, in our careers, we, we have this terrible fear of, of being visible in every way. And it, it's sort of like the price of admission, you know, you want to be a, you know, an entrepreneur, solopreneur, and you really do need to put yourself out there and you have to be brave and, and, and you have to be able and willing to not be perfect and, um, and, and be committed. And so it's, I always say it's not about passion. It's about the commitment piece or the consistency piece. So, um, I decided I was writing weekly email for a while. And then, you know, I, for many years I was, I would fret over those emails. I would, you know, sit there for hours and I would sweat, you know, anxiety bullets, wake up at like two hours before the email went out and worry about what other people thought. And it was just happening to me. I felt like I couldn't, I felt like I was it. I was the anxiety. And as someone who's highly sensitive and you're in, and other interior designers who are listening out there, I know that you understand. And I know you and Dixie and Rachel also get it too, because we're all introverts and we all need our quiet time to balance this crazy life. So I just decided to write and after I decided, after I decided to specialize, I had more to actually talk about. And so I just decided to write a Monday through Friday daily email that was, you know, three to 500 words and kind of told a story. So it was like part entertainment and part, you know, here's this lesson. And I think you can start by just uh, writing about whatever, whatever is going on in your life. And so I kind of did that. And then I would just tie it into a lesson and then I would be out and about and I'd be thinking probably like you, Rachel, you know, with your, with your daily lives, you're like out and about and you're like, oh, I can jot this down for a live. I can do this for a live. And that was how kind of it worked with me. I'd be out and I'd see something and I'd go, oh, I want to share this. I want to share this. And then it became just like, I want to share this. Once I got over the, you know, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to make spelling mistakes. And, you know, and I didn't know how to write when I first started. It was just practice and uh, consistency. And so I did that for like, you know, a year. I did that for one year. And now I've pulled back to once a week because my, you know, it's just, you know, more of a work-life balance for me. So what else can I tell you? I can tell you about the process a little bit. Would that be helpful? Yeah, that would um, be Definitely. Okay. And I think, you know, somebody could do that um, for 30 days, like just commit to, I feel like right. commit yeah. to something for 30 days. I feel like yeah. it makes all kinds of changes that are really unimaginable. It is. Plus, I would imagine it doesn't have that same scariness factor as doing a blog post. Yeah. Right. Blog post, right. you feel like you have to put so much effort into it, but just a quick, short little, hi, this is what's going on here. And this is what we can yes. learn from it. And this is what I saw would be so much more manageable. And then what you do is you start to develop fans and people start to expect it. And then you're like, if it's, if it's crappy today, I have another chance tomorrow instead of like right. once a month where you're like, you know, sweating bullets and putting in all this time and worrying about how perfect it is. And in the end, people don't want to read that much anyway. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, 
it's really interesting. I think it's counterintuitive. We think that more information as designers is better and actually less is better because there's so much going on in our lives. We just, you got to remember that your clients or your audience just want to take in one little thing at a time. And yeah. then you would benefit that, that would benefit them so much more. And it really does. And, and people really appreciate it. So, so um, I've, I'm a real minimalist. So in my life, in my style and everything, and that includes my website, I have a very minimalist website. I've become more minimal, minimal, minimal over the years. And I put together a five day free email course. I've done two of them now over the past couple of years and they have they're very, very successful. Um, people like to sign up for email courses and when they're free. And so these are all automated. So what Rachel was saying is true. It does feel like a deer in the headlights at first. But if you write out these emails through, I use Drip, which is like MailChimp, but it's just a more extensive, uh, it allows you to do more things, but MailChimp is fine. You can automate things. And how great is that? You know, you can write out an email course and then at the end of that, you can put together a discount code offering for, in my case, I do it for my book, offer 30%. And that, that way, you know, my call to action is this, this email course, this free email course. And I've had two of them. One of them talks about how to choose the best paint colors for your healthcare practice. And the other one that I'm running now is how to, you know, quit that effing second job that a lot of physicians and healthcare practitioners have to have before they can go full time. And it's how to, you know, use these three design tips in your waiting room to, you know, change that waiting room to fill your practice, to get more patients in and all that. And so I do get um, an average, I think I get an average of 10 to 15 signups a week. And that's, you know, it's not a hundred signups a day, but it is very, um, regular. And so the people that sign up love it. And so they get these five day of emails and then they get these three days, three emails are already written. So I do all the work beforehand. They get three emails that offer them this 30% discount for the book. And a lot of people do buy the book at that discount. And then they go on, um, then they get a welcome email. You know, it's like, welcome to the community you know, this is what you can expect. You can unsubscribe here, no hard feelings. And then they love it. And then I give them, uh, you know, at the end of that welcome email, I say, so tell me what is your, you know, what's your vision of your, of your medical practice or what's your vision of your, um, of the waiting room of your beauty business. And I get a pretty good response rate. People, you know, hit reply, hit reply. That's and so they, cool. and they give me one sentence and then they're on my list. And then they're on my list. And then I have, now I have an audience. So I have about 500 people on my list. And these are 500 people that are listening yeah. to me. And it's growing, as I said, every week it grows. And so how did I, how did I, so next question you may be thinking, listening at home, is how did I get in front of people? How did people know to go to my website? How did people know about my book? Which my book I don't sell on Amazon. It's only a digital book. Because if it were printed, it, you know, it would have to, it would cost a, a couple yeah. hundred bucks it because 350 pages. Or yeah. Something? And it's the last one is, and it's got a lot of, it's got over a hundred designs in it. So, and it's just easier because you can take it with you and you can read it on your different, you know, mm -hmm. portable instruments. Awesome. And yep. yeah, exactly. So, 
I decided when I decided to specialize to really take time and seek out podcasts that I felt uh, my where my audience were, where the you know where the physicians were listening, where the dentists were listening, where the beauty estheticians were listening, where the massage therapists, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that alone takes a lot of commitment because you can't just expect to write one email Mm -hmm. to a podcast host, especially if they're a popular podcast and expect them with no experience or anything and expect them to write you back. Mm -hmm. So you have to follow up. So I treated it as a campaign you know, I set up reminders for myself. I kept it all. I used, I use high rise, which I love, which is, you know, contact management software online. It's a subscription based. And so I, um, I, I just slowly reached out and I would like one week, you know, go by and it's say, Hey, did you get this? Are you the right person to talk to? And so I got a little bit of coaching on that from my husband who is, uh, he, he does, he helps um, software developers position themselves in the market. And he wrote a book called The Positioning Man. So he's a real niche guy. And he kind of helped me a little bit on these emails and what to say. And, and I just, you know, but really it's like, hey, are you the right person to talk to? You know, and these people are busy. So give them one sentence. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to like write a book in an email and tell them who you are and why you'd like to be on their podcast. You know, there's a sort of science to it. Mm-hmm. Just make it easy and quick and fast and don't think about it too much and follow up. So I started to do that basically all of 2017. I think the end of 2016 was when I got on my first, I got on Docpreneur and that was, I mean, the editor, Michael Tetrault, he's like the busiest guy I know. And I'm, I kept just, Hey, are you the right person? Hey, hello, I'm here. Hello. <laughs> you know, and that's just an email and very, very informal email because, you know, these people are normal human beings. So it really is just putting yourself out there. And I put myself out there in that way. And then of course, you know, I was terrified to be on these podcasts, but you know, you do it and you just, um, you practice, you write everything out, you know, you, you, you practice beforehand and, and, or you just, and you just expect to mess up and it's like fine. Like messing up on a podcast or a video Yes, it's like, yeah, it's not so much either. more endearing, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like you're a human. Yeah. It's like you're not just, you know, doing it perfectly. I mean, Marie Forleo, yeah. I mean, she's gorgeous and she's got all the moves and she's got the money and she's like on video and it's perfect. But even she loves to make fun of herself, actually. She loves to so, add the bloopers and yeah. miracle. So I, d- so I just went on several podcasts and over the, over the course of the year and then people were... And then on the podcast, I'd say I'd give one CTA, one call to action at the end, which was get on my email, get, take this free email course. So instead of, again, overwhelming people mm-hmm. with, oh, I have a book and now I have this and I have this and you can go do this. I just give one call to action at the end. Then they get into my ecosystem mm-hmm. of, you know, my tribe and my community. And then I have their attention. So it's, it's a process to do it. But it definitely didn't, and you know, I'm on video, I'm fine on video, but it's not, I'm not a video girl or anything. I'm not, I do have really nice light today because my husband has nice light, but really it's like, it's, it's all about the voice for me. It's all about the voice. Yeah. So, oh, I love, oh my gosh, Dixie and I were saying, I know. love, Thank you, you just have an airiness and a breathiness to it that's so calming. So 
let me know when you get that meditation app out because yes, yeah. I listen to it constantly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I see you selling like something like that for these practices like hey when you're you know doing intake or whatever and you go to your next room and the person right. sitting there just play this play my right. voice right. Um, so <laughs> that's I really sweet to, thank you <laughs> I definitely want to pull out I love that you said visibility is the price of admission because you know a couple of things are um designers have self-identified themselves as perfectionists. So I love that you, you did touch that you don't have to be perfect. I love not uh, being perfect. It's actually better. I it's so too. much easier. Oh, no, who's yeah. perfect? That doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense, right? To like try to put that out there. Um, and that you have to be brave and consistent. And so I'm always surprised that somebody, you know, I always try to think of that moment. I know for me as well, when I put and I was filling out the paperwork and I put Rachel Moriarty interiors and, you know, put, did all the documentation and the legal forms and the, you know, DBA mm -hmm. and all that stuff. I always, you know, I remember back to those times where I saw myself as, you know, Rachel Moriarty interiors. But then when I got in and started doing the work, I became a little bit of this like oh, I'm staying behind my laptop and I'll let my work show for me and I'll, you know what I mean? All of a yeah. sudden I went from this like awesome, like visioning phase where I was like Rachel Moriarty interiors right. to, to kind of a hider. Right. And so, right. um, I get it. I get it. But it was cool that you said, yeah, it takes consistency and bravery and courage. We talk about that all the time. And celebration. Like you have to celebrate the yeah. shit out of those little steps. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> like I mean, chocolate breaks, uh, you know, you walks you of the chocolate. forest. I, I love that um, you bring up chocolate. That's, <laughs> I associate that with you now. But that's what's great. Like those are those things. Like when you say chocolate and I think of, yeah, Cheryl loves chocolate. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like these are little things that I know about you from reading your emails, from listening right. to your podcast. They're your little differentiators, right? right? Right. So I just love, I think people are going to get so much out of um, just another way to be visible without, you know, mm -hmm. I, I know that people watch me and I'm like, ah, you know, and I'm saturated colors and, and, you know, you're a mi minimalist and I'm a maximalist and it's, you know, I'm like more is more and less is a bore. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, they watch me and it's like, you know, that, but that's me, that's true to me, you know? And so mm -hmm. it's, uh, there's the whole spectrum. I think right. they, somewhere right in between us. Right. I think so. I think, yeah. I think that's a pretty good description. Yeah. Nice. Well, the integration of everything is so great, right? Yeah. That's what makes, that's what, that's what I love about this country. It's like, you know, you can bring in a tradition like Iyengar yoga and come up with, you know, Anusara, which is a combination of Iyengar and, you know, um, Ashtanga or whatever. Right. And it's like, we do that and it allows that because if you yeah. look at, if you look at Europe, you know, it's not as easy to be a solopreneur there. I mean, of course, right. you know, you can can work online and that there's that forum, but it's just not as, you know, I have friends there and they're just like, wow, you know, it's just so much more open here to, yeah. to, to do that. So mm -hmm. yeah, very cool. One of the things that I think that I love about how you've niched is I told you that uh, had a yoga studio reach out to me this week from my lives, right? Yeah. So it's always ironic that I get people through Facebook, but um, it, 
it surprises me. I think that um, these beauty businesses and um, especially where you niche. So when I had, she actually sent me a video of her space. Okay. And I'm always surprised that um, there was no branding. Okay. There was no, you know, so when I was going through your stuff, I love, were you okay, Dixie? <laughs> you mean my book? What, uh, yeah. So the, are you okay, Dixie? Oh, okay. I, I was taking a sip of coffee and you said there was no branding and I choked. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she's going through her yoga studio and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't see her name of her business yeah. anywhere, yeah. you know? And so I was loving going through your um, waiting room and you do show the name of the business. You do show some signage. You do show, you know, everything's integrated from the colors, yeah. the art, the signage, right. you know, mm-hmm. and it's a way to do it. And it's a softer way of doing it. Um, but like, especially today, I think if I know, I know this um, person that has the studio does videos where she does show yoga moves and stuff. I'm thinking, why isn't there her, her logo in the back? And, you know, so I was looking at your um, book last night and I was like, I just love that you, you really take it as an experience for the client, I, I'm interested too, what are they saying about their employees? Are their employees happier in the environment? Yeah, I just want to back up for a minute and just unpack that a little bit. So I wrote a chapter about signage in your, in okay. your, in your waiting room and yeah. how it's important to reduce anxiety among patients because, and clients because right. you can, or customers, because they, they, they get, you know how it is when you get lost and you're just they like, and you're embarrassed and they don't, right. And out. it's, and also it shows, it's also um, healthcare entrepreneurs like this yoga studio owner, they may be uh, one just unconsciously not thinking that it's important and yeah. uh, ashamed or like they're, they're just, there's some, some block there why they're not yes. doing it. And actually I see about 30% of people that I work with don't have the appropriate signage. And this is because they either don't know who to contact or, and they get, you know, flustered and they have, especially yoga studio owners, they get, they're really busy. I mean, mm-hmm. there is just so many ticky tacky yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I, I sort of show how to, how to do that appropriately. And, uh, I just wanted to talk to mention that. And then what was the other thing you said? No, <laughs> I, I loved, I, that's, I'm glad you backed up because I loved when I read, I had never thought about when I'm going to a new office and I'm, you know, maybe you're running a few minutes late, maybe you hit traffic, maybe it's the first time yeah. there. That. And you, I think you said that signage is actually reduces the anxiety because it, does. it says you, you're in the right place. And it says, and it's an opportunity to connect and it's yeah. opportunity, you know, that, and like when you walk in and you know, you see, you see the signage either, if it's not the res- behind the reception desk, which it should be, yes. um, then it's at least it should be somewhere in the waiting room. Yeah. It's maybe the reception desk is not the first thing you see when you walk in, yeah. but especially in this woman's yoga studio. And that's, but you know, I mean, that's an important piece. I mean, that's a feng shui piece. That's, that's, that's yeah. huge. I mean, that's who you are in the world. So, and it's common. I mean, like, and then, you know, people don't, don't update their signage. I mean, it could be falling off the side of a building and they're like, oh, just leave it. Or, you know, I don't really want to be seen. It is a lot about not wanting to be seen. And so, you know, it goes for us too. Yeah, It goes for our visibility and our branding and it's the same thing. So we, you can relate. So that's something that you now can help her with, you know, when when you go in to help her redesign her 
for studio space. Yeah. So that was, I mean, there's just little tidbits like that, that are invaluable, you know? I mean, so I'm an, as an intuitive, I see those things myself, but it gave me validation seeing it and the way you called it out in your book, like you mm -hmm. actually put the words, you're in the right place. And I'm right. like, oh, okay. Like, you know, there's that like an intuitive thing that I have, but I'm like, that's why, like it was, I was able to like tangibly to connect it to that, you know? So I, I, I recommend your book for, I think all of us designers need to have it because there is that time when we do have, even as, as, um, if we specialize in residential, there are those occasional smaller, mm -hmm. um, commercial businesses that, yeah. that to us. I mean, I think it's a good book to, to help you, to help the designer understand why certain colors are more important or why, you know, you should think about curve appeal, you know, and not just have all square things in your space, which create, it's, you know, science shows us that the brain loves curves and, and, and appreciate, you know, <laughs> of course, I mean, it's just, it's the balance, right. Of feminine and masculine. It, we all love being in spaces that have more curves than squares, or at least a balance to curves and squares. I mean, and that's, that's, that's taught in interior design school. I'm self-taught and I know that. And it's, but also the evidence shows that. And just to understand that and maybe think about the patient experience, I mean, it breaks it all down for you. So if, you know, if, if you see that that's, um, that that's something that you've been getting more of, you've been getting more mm -hmm. uh, medical spaces or beauty business spaces or chiropractors or acupuncturists, then the book can be helpful. You know, if you, if you yeah. feel that you need that extra, it can be helpful. Could way. give you confidence. I think yeah. like it would, I feel like it gives me confidence. Yeah. It's a very practical book. It breaks Plus, things down nicely. It's just pretty. The Thank you, Dixie. Design, the hundred designs you did. Uh, if anybody hasn't seen your renderings, I mean, I, you're known for your renderings anyway, because your equipment, I, 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 your software. The software is amazing, right? Is in incredible. Yeah. Um, I think people should see it just to see how you mix colors. It's just something I've never seen. Yeah. Before. I'm really proud of it. Yeah. I love it. You know, and if it can be helpful to designers and I certainly want it to be helpful. So, and I'm having, um, oh. I'm having a 30% off sale at oh, the last good. two weeks of December. So one more thing I want to touch on yeah. in your book that I think is a new concept to designers that they might not know about is the yeah. evidence-based art. Yeah. Okay. And I think that like, I, okay. <laughs> excuse me, I didn't know about evidence-based anything until I talked to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you know about it now. Yeah. That's fantastic. I was telling Dixie about it after just having a conversation with you, but I, I have uh, listened to your evidence-based art podcast episode. Peter is his mm -hmm. name? Peter um, Blanchard with yeah, Manifest Photo. And... He's amazing. Uh, if you ever want to work with him, he's beautiful and he, he offers a great commission to, um, to designers. So yeah, reach out to him. He's manifestphoto.com. Really, mm -hmm. really beautiful stuff. Yeah. And you have them, his stuff in your designs. And I love, I do, how, I do. What I loved it was how he said his art will kind of take you somewhere. So if you have, you're anxious and you're in the waiting room, the purpose of his art is to take you somewhere mentally. That's right. You know, especially exactly. if you're in like long-term care. Yep. Um, yep. 
and I love how he said even that the way he does is, is so there's almost like a little piece of island like if you're in front of a river or an ocean there's this like little piece of island in the art where you can imagine yourself sitting or sitting on a right rock, or know? a bench or but, anything yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so really I you know that's another thing yeah. I just want to talk about too yeah let me explain um just what that is real quick if you know if, if if you guys don't know what that is who are listening is evidence-based art is art that is takes evidence on uh, it's basically nature art and there's been all this evidence and all the science that proves that when you look at an image when someone looks at a, a certain kind of a nature image that's very immersive and three-dimensional not like the flat images you get at ikea or kmart or anything like that but images that are more, you know, multidimensional, like you can really feel them, like of a forest and light coming through a forest or an ocean or a river. And you put that up either in a hospital, in a patient room. They've, they've done studies through in hospitals and they have found that those people who, those patients who have this type of either have a view outside of a tree versus a brick wall or a view of some type of nature art get out of the hospital sooner. They're less reliant on pain medications. And what I found is that when, I, when I've used Peter's art in, and I've recommended it to my clients, that they see, you know, repeat business. They, uh, they, they, it creates an experience. And we were talking about this new experience economy that's happening right now is creating an experience. There was just an article that was written in the Harvard Business Review about how, you know, creating an experience is the new economy. And that's what people are paying for. And so, evidence-based art is a you know sh shows that shows the ev the science is behind it. But we already know we already know. I mean, come on, we all know how we feel in nature, right? So so yeah, absolutely. And it's, right? There's a reason the crazy lady in the woods, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> so and you know I'm with you there. I, I live on a beautiful piece of land too, and I really I love being here. So. I think interior designers have a hard time finding that. I think that when they work with clients, clients don't have the budget. So there's, you know, places online that you can direct them to like Unsplash if they want to do it on their own, or you can work with, you know, beautiful photographers who specialize in this healthcare evidence-based art like Peter and also Daniel Ambrosi. He's just, uh, Daniel Ambrosi's work. He's out of California. He's just magical. So, uh, yeah. Evidence-based oh. art, yo. <laughs> So much goodness. I mean, I've just been devouring your book, my friend. Thank you, guys. You guys are just too kind. You guys are sweet. Oh, my gosh. Thank so, you. So it's been such a pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. And, you know, if you do want the book, uh, if you're inspired to get the book, there's a 30% discount. If you sign up for the email course, just go to my website, CherylJaniceDesigns.com. CherylJaniceDesigns.com. You can sign up for that and you'll also get a 30% discount that way. But um, it's just been great to talk about it, talk about the subject. Thank you, Dixie. And thank you, Rachel. Thank you. Yeah. Thank and we will have all of that information too on our website so that people can find it really easily. Just click on a link. You go to designandstylepodcast.com. Super easy. Find everything. And yeah, it's pretty Yay. Cool. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Have a good day. This podcast was made possible in part through the support of our preferred partners, like the Design Network. 
The Design Network offers one of the most powerful to-the-trade e-commerce programs in the furniture industry, combining the top brands in furniture, the best prices, and unparalleled logistics all in one place. Go to www.thedesignnetwork.com to join the Design Network's Trade Direct program, create your designer profile, connect with new clients, and start shopping today.